I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 19 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the light at the end of the tunnel. The best light because we're back. MLS is back. Uh, wait, no. Or yes, is it? We don't know. But actually for tonight, no. Uh, this episode is brought to you always by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing Patreon supporters of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast you guys are awesome and i got a quick little update for you all in just a few minutes i'm your host reed Connolly from mlsfantasyboss.com and tonight i'm joined by my usual partners in fantasy mr blaine riffle and mr michael denton how you fellas doing good doing well uh glad to have you uh if you're listening to this on the podcast feel free to jump over to youtube real quick and Check out the beginning of this episode. The first uh, 10 minutes or so, Mike was uh, running a little bit behind, so Blaine and I were vamping with some discussions about 3D printing and the new Star Wars trailer that came out. So some some fun little things if you want to have uh, 10 minutes to spare to catch up on that. Uh, but tonight, we are talking about the MLS is back bracket challenge. Is it okay to say the? Can I put a the in front of that? I know there's there's some yes, opinions. Yes, because you're talking about the challenge. The not, challenge. Not the MLS. The there we go. Doesn't sound right. yeah. That works. No, that works. Uh, but before I get to that, I want to make a quick announcement for all of our Patreon listeners, and I'm going to make this at least a couple more times, and definitely you'll see it coming out on social a few times. Uh, since soccer is back, uh, we have our fingers crossed that Fantasy will be joining quickly. Fantasy as we know it, because I don't know about you guys or you listeners either, but I'm counting the bracket challenge as a type of fantasy. Uh, but what I wanted to say is I've, I've been sort of holding back on the swag because I wanted actual promotion with the fantasy game to get people into it. So if you are a Patreon listener and you're listening, Please go on to the website and double-check your address. Make sure all of your information is correct. Make sure the level of, of patron support that you want to contribute is where you want it to be for these last few months of, of the season or ongoing longer than that to help support the podcast. Uh, because I'm going to be getting the swag ordered. I'm going to be getting the invite sent out for, for guests on the podcast. So make sure your information is correct because I do get a few things back in the mail every year and I just don't know how to get those to people sometimes. So make sure your info is correct. Next month in July, I'm going to be announcing the uh, scarf winners from the previous months and I'm going to get those shipped out and I'm going to have the orders placed for uh, the stickers and, and the, the balls and I've already got drawstring bags and some koozies. Lots of fun stuff that I'm looking forward to sending out but just make sure your info is correct. So please, Patreon supporters, check it out. If you're not a Patreon supporter and you're like, what are you talking about, Reed? What is this thing? Patreon is a website that a lot of more creators are using now, I notice, that helps you support us in producing this product. Uh, it helps to cover our hosting costs for the website, for the, the SoundCloud provider, and to help get 
prizes that we're giving out right now, the swag that we're giving out, and the prizes that we use for the league. So all the money that we get into it goes back into help making this podcast and making it fun for those of you who are participating. So if that sounds like something you want to be a part of, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. Thank you so much. Uh, now the bracket. So first question for you all and anybody who may be joining us in chat uh, and for those of you listening to consider, do you guys consider a bracket challenge a type of fantasy? Blaine. No. Mike says no. Bracket challenge is not fantasy. Okay. No. Okay. Mike, why? I mean, because fantasy to me has the aspect of you building your own team. Okay. Bracket challenge and all of that, it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Um, you get to banter and all of that. And so you do have that, those elements. But if you don't have that element of building a team, it's it's basically just gambling. You're just betting on with you with this with no money or with real money or whatever you're going to do to pick the winners and it's a pick them game but that's different from fantasy if you uh, fantasy requires you to have some semblance of your own team quote taking the field each week blame way yeah in. i don't i don't call a straight up bracket um a fantasy game it it's a little too arbitrary and you kind of set it and forget it and just watch what happens um I would say like predict six that we have during regular season that we got to play two weeks of um that feels more like a fantasy game you're making weekly changes it mike's shaking his head but if if, it's closer if i can pick some players if i can pick some other stuff if i can change it on the fly having seen guys play a game because we're basically flying blind here we've got two games in the season already for most teams to go off of that was two and a half months ago by the time they started it'll be two and a half months seems so much longer um none of the trends we started with will actually hold we're kind of flying blind and picking here and i just look at this like a team that starts off slow may start off slow for those two games may come in on fire for to start this bracket challenge but nobody's gonna pick them like who's really gonna pick fc cincinnati <laughs> to get out of that group which we'll talk about like but what oh, happens yes, we if will. They just, oh, yes, yes we but what will. happens if they just come out on fire they blow everybody's bracket up from the first thing and there's no chance to adjust there's no chance to go off of what we've seen or what we know we just have to kind of pick something and go so that i don't i don't consider that a fantasy game unless you give me some weekly options to tweak my stuff and see how things go and round by round picks and predicting goals that gets into a little bit more of a fantasy style game than just oh fill out your bracket and hope for the best sure okay i get it i get it that that's fine that's fine i will admit that this is not the fantasy game that we hoped for we don't know if that's going to come let me be very straightforward about that right now i've gotten several questions on uh, on twitter about this uh, people specifically saying what's happening with fantasy what do you know All I know right now is that we have the bracket challenge game and that there has been no announcement about actual MLS fantasy as we know it, as we play it, the classic game, version 3.0, 
coming back. So uh, that doesn't mean it's not coming back, just we've not had that confirmation yet. So I don't know anything for sure right now, but I have been in touch with James Ballow over at MLS, and uh, he says that when he knows something, he'll let us know, and he's offered to come onto the show to uh, talk to us about that when we have more information. So we'll be sure to do that uh, when we come back out. Uh, I'll also say right now that I am a fantasy inclusionist. Is that a real word I can use? We're going to go with it. I'm an inclusionist. I understand that this is not our fantasy game, but this is still a game. We can still play. We can still think of some stats. Maybe they're not as accurate as we would hope they would be, but we have ELO numbers floating around there that we can jump at. Uh, but you're right. At its core, this is a pick em. This is a set and forget. Uh, from from what we understand the tournament to be, there, there sounds like there could be some options Maybe not weekly, but at each round to make some new new choices. At least I'm hoping. At least I'm hoping. Uh, so so let's just get into the details about the tournament. And our main focus tonight is who looks good. Who might you want to consider uh, going with? Who do you like? Who do you not? Who do you not like? But also we're gonna talk about the bracket. I mean about the groups. And I think that's where the ranking is going to come in, and it should be fun, because I know I've got some myself. So what is the MLS's back tournament? If you don't know yet, you've probably been under a rock, but I'm going to go over it real quick with you all, just to be sure, because I love you. And I understand that lots of stuff's been going on, lots of craziness has been going on, and that's why we've been doing this podcast still, to provide an outlet for some good mental health. So if you haven't caught the news, or if you just haven't looked into it yet, you know a tournament's coming back, you're going to look into it. It gets a little bit closer. Here are the details for you. The MLS back tournament starts July 8th, and it runs through August 11th. That is 26 days, match days, of soccer, and over 50 games are going to be played. 54 games, to be exact, are going to be played during this time. Where is it going to be played? <clears throat> At the ESPN Wild World of Sports Complex at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. Is that good? I hope you enjoyed that. I, I did. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's going to be played at ESPN Walt Disney World. Florida should be a good time. Uh, clearly, a lot of this has also been taken as part of the response to COVID-19. Maybe hoping for some of the warmer weather, getting people down, trying to, to isolate as much as they can in quarantine. So that's what's going on. All of the teams are going to be there, 26 teams. Everything's being played in Orlando. There'll be a group stage followed by knockout rounds. And uh, the group stages will count toward the regular season. So that's that's important. Also slightly depressing once we get to my group in a few minutes. Uh, there will be a pre-tournament draw to assign groups, which has already happened. And then the regular season will continue as normal after this tournament. So this is sort of a... A warm-up if you want to take it uh, for a lot of these teams uh, get back into the groove of things some of the games will count and uh, we'll, we'll see how this works and with hope fingers crossed we'll get our regular fantasy game back maybe when the regular game starts because this is this is gonna be crazy guys I mean if, if we were trying to do regular fantasy right now you could you couldn't breathe <laughs> it, this would be the kind of ranting like i already see some of the fpl people who are kind of like wait unlimited transfers what's going on like some of this stuff is just mind-blowing but if it was this is this is like forever rolling lockouts that's what it would be it, it would just drive people nuts uh it would be tough logistically tough to do this with with our current structure so that's the d the the gist of what's going on 
with this tournament. So let's get into the groups. And uh, there are six groups. Each group has four teams in it, except for group A, which has six teams in it. The way you're going to choose who makes it out of the group stage is the top two teams from each group are going to advance, and then the four best third place teams are going to advance. I don't, I'm assuming we're going to use traditional MLS ranking draw tiebreaker rules for, for picking this of goals score. I know it's, it's a great question mark. Goals scored, goals conceded. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to go on, but uh, there will be some way to calculate which are the best four teams. Third, not best, not the best. The, the six best are going. The the best third best. There we go. The, the four best third best teams will also join uh, teams one and two for advancing out of the group stage. I'll give you guys an option, Blaine and Mike, for how you want to do this. Should we just go A, B, C, D, D, F? Or do we want to talk about our individual groups that matter to us first? And then the rest, since we're each in a different group, so we can uh, we can do this. What's your preference? Can we talk about the draw first? Okay, let's well, talk we about... Tell people what te- we got to tell everybody what group what the groups are. Okay, okay, here's, the, here's the groups. Group A, so there is also a break. I said there is... Five groups of four and one group of six. They, the the conferences were divided up into east and west, and so they, there are three eastern conference groups and three western conference groups, and that's where they pulled teams from. So group A, the largest group, has Orlando City, Inter Miami, New York City FC, or Philadelphia Union, Chicago Fire, and Nashville. Group B, that's Mike's group. Group B is Seattle Sounders, FC Dallas, Vancouver Whitecaps, and San Jose Earthquakes. Okay. Group C is Toronto, New England, Montreal, and D.C. Okay. Group D is Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado, Minnesota United. Blaine's group. Group E, Atlanta United, FC Cincinnati, New York Red Bulls, and Columbus Crew. My group. And then finally, we have LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston Dynamo, and Portland Timbers. This is how we were told the air quotes for those of you listening to us in the podcast world draw actually seated these teams so mike what are your thoughts on the draw process i don't know if mls could have made a draw that looked more like it was rigged like like from top to bottom because the the if, if you weren't on twitter if you're not super familiar with mls you just kind of play the game you may not have like picked up on this, but like an hour before, it leaked that Inter Miami had drawn Orlando and was going to be the opening match of the entire tournament, which is really weird to have an opening match and an announcement of a draw in a group before the draw. <laughs> so then at some point, MLS was like, "Oh yeah, we just put Inter Miami into that group. Yeah, that that wasn't accidental at all." Uh, then the draw is. Charlie Davies in his apartment. And if you don't know who Charlie Davies Which is, was he's awesome. Radio comment. And they you could tell they literally had sent him a PDF with like little cut the dotted lines around all of the team names 
which he couldn't cut correctly, which I made me feel happy because I always struggled with that in school. There was clearly like where he like messed it up and all just terrible. And then he put them into eggs and all of the eggs had numbers. Now you're wondering why didn't he just grab balls and just pull it out of the, out of a bowl. He had a bowl. He used it for part one when he seeded the seeded teams into groups, which is as bad as a straw was. I don't have time to rant about how stupid it was the, the way they picked the seeded teams and why Orlando is a host team for a tournament that has no fans. But they did. And so <laughs> then he had them pick numbers. And at some point, like, you literally, they had, a, like, the GMs for most of the teams, and then LAFC had a fan. And the fan was literally had to go on his computer to figure out which number it was. Because supposedly the fans picked in advance. Right. Sure. Whatever. So he was reading off of a list of numbers of, that he was supposed to pick from and just so happened to pick the LA Galaxy. I mean, like, you look all across. You've got a Canadian Classic, um, Seattle, Vancouver, Orlando, Inter-Miami, which MLS is like, oh, yeah, we just put them together for reasons. Why, why not? Um, Atlanta, New York, Red Bulls. There's pretty much a premier matchup in every league or in every group except for Seattle, Portland, uh, and the New York Derby, and, you know, maybe um, – San Jose, uh, LA Galaxy. But pretty much every other rivalry, top rivalry you can think of, even the, you know, the Blaine rivalries that we talk about, RSL versus SKC, <laughs> Minnesota, that whole pretty much Derby region, that got put in there. They, they claim to have an auditor that I can't imagine how this auditor was supposed to have done his job via Zoom. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Mike, you, you say all this about the rivalries. It's like somebody who's cheating on their homework in high school. They get this perfect paper done, and they're like, oh, I got to go screw a couple things up so they don't think I cheated. So they break up Portland and Seattle, and they break up the New York Derby. Like, it's just those are the two obvious ones that everybody would expect to be included if you had a perfect draw. So they split two of the best rivalries up so they can go, oh, no, see, we didn't get two of our most profitable rivalries in here, so it's not rigged. Yeah, you say that, but then you look at my group, which which I'm calling Group E the, the hell is real group is what it is, because let's let's just take a look at the history. Let's go back in time. Come back with me, everybody. Two months. Let's hop in our TARDIS. Go back two months from right now. And look at the FC Cincinnati schedule. FC Cincinnati opened on March 1st playing, guess who? The New York Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena, losing 3-2. to Okay, okay, some, some history there with the Open Cup. But who did they play next? Who did we play next? Oh, well, it was a, a quick trip down to Mercedes-Benz Stadium to play Atlanta United in a 2-1 loss there. So, literally, in Group E... FC Cincinnati is going to be playing the two teams who we've already played this year, already on the road, on the road again. These count for our tournament standing, so we've already lost to them, not getting a home game most likely out of this. And then, oh, we're going to throw in the Hell is Real Derby, which that's that's fine. I'm I'm happy to have the Hell is Real Derby. That's That's fine. But it's just so 
cookie cutter of of what it could have been and and that's what my problem is it's like okay we've got the rocky mountain cup there we go we've got this we still have some of those those derbies we've got the cascadia matchup in group b we have some of the as we talk going through the history as well we have the fc dallas seattle sounders rematch from from tournament knockouts we have history down here with portland and la galaxy i mean you have the the lafc versus la galaxy that's that's the el trafico that's a huge that's the biggest one that we could have with all of this uh we have the two new teams coming in in group a we have orlando and new york city coming in which is another team they always like to just force like some sort of made-up rivalry matchup with right oh, there the goodness. two orlando teams also all in here so we've got all that together orlando teams Ooh. Uh, I mean, the two Florida teams, whatever. <laughs> you got two purple teams down here playing. That's what's going. That's their pink. I don't know. It's it's. Wow. You haven't even gotten to establish. <laughs> this is just me not caring about that so much. Like this is just just it's garbage stuff that was put together. But here's, I get it. I understand why this is happening. We haven't had soccer for two months. There's huge revenue losses. We're giving away a million dollars to the person, the team that wins this tournament and a berth to uh what was it uh, champions league or whatever it was there yeah champions league that probably won't even be happening. right we're giving away some of these things <laughs> but all this has happened i get it mls is using this tournament as an opportunity to create interesting games that will likely get fan draw get eyes on screens because we're not going to have butts and seats that's what's going on and i get it FC Cincinnati has canceled its contract for streaming with Flow FC. Hallelujah. That's amazing. With hope, that means we're going to see these games streamed on ESPN+. Not announced yet. We're just hoping. But we get it. And if MLS had just come out and said, listen, we're going to have a tournament. We're going to try to make this an interesting tournament and maximize some of the rivalries. We want fans to be engaged. We want fans to watch these games. We want to give you fans interesting and meaningful games. I think that would have gone over better. Just to be honest with us. I'd still be pissed because I'm like, why am I seeing Atlanta and New York Red Bulls play my team again? Can I have some variety? But at least that would have made more sense to me instead of a smoke and mirrors of we're having a draw. Yeah. Well, and that's it. The, the thing is this whole draw it's kind of designed to be like we're not doing divisions when clearly MLS should have made up divisions (laughs) and just done it by divisions. I mean, if you're, especially if you're going to have a group of six and a group of, and the rest of the group of four, which I'll, I'll rant about that when we get into our world complaining about our own groups. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're going to have a mess up, why does that do a division? Why not start to move towards a divisional schedule? You have too many teams to deal with. You're going to have to start breaking up. You can't have everyone in the East playing them. You're just going to get too much on the schedule, especially for the next two years while vaccine trials are going on. We don't know how much, how limited you're going to be able to. This was time. Put in a a division. Put in a rival. Have the New York teams. If At least you'd have done it by that way. Be like, I can't complain. We'll play the New York, New England. It'll be fun. It'll be entertaining. Who cares what will happen going forward? And, you know, it'll be entertaining for that. I, I'm fine with just making an entertaining tournament. I wasn't fine with, like, we're going to pretend it's a draw, but, you know, we have groups where everyone can't play each other, and we're just going to put these two guys in a group because we want it. We're going to have a host team, even though there's no 
fans and we don't need to draw people to the arena and we're not trying to give them yeah like i'm i have i'm not as harsh as mike is on some of this like i don't care about seated teams in a draw too much like whatever give us a tournament but the moment they said they were going to count these games for the regular season and then they do seated teams in a draw that's giving a competitive advantage to certain teams like i get it you've got your seated teams but so now lafc seattle and rsl are guaranteed not to play each other okay they finished one two and three in the supporter shield last year or in the western conference standings last year um they were the last three teams in the playoffs or maybe rsl didn't make it but i mean you've got you got teams that are going deep in the playoffs you're like okay well if we're gonna have a group stage why can't we have LAFC and Seattle play each other? So one of them only gets three points or both of them get a point from these group stage games or whatever it is. Um, like that bothers me when you're going to count this for a regular season, when you're going to count this for playoff standings at the end of the year, when this is going to go in for the supporter shield. Um, no, it, it bugs me that certain teams cannot play each other. Like that's not, that's not okay. That's not okay with me. That's a, uh, that can be very, very problematic when it comes down to the end. Because now, I mean, Reed, you're in the same boat. You've got FC Cincinnati. They got, they're going to play. What if they get swept through this tournament? Like, your regular season's almost shot because you're going to take, what, six losses right here? If you get swept. Maybe, yeah. You got, because you got you got put in a pretty tough group. Like, yeah. I'm not. No, ar- arguably, I think one of the toughest, if not the toughest group. Yeah, and I, and, and I mean, would it have been nice if you got to play Nashville and Chicago? Like, oh, I'd have loved to play Chicago. Like, I mean, you may not have won the game, but it's at least a – you at least get one of those games. Like, And, I mean, same thing for any of these other ones. I mean, Houston with well, the way well, they I, – I just wanted to jump in, especially with Nashville, because if, if we expect there to be a short and regular season, there's probably not going to be that many West-East games, at least for nothing else to diminish travel. Mm-hmm. Well, Nashville is technically a Western Conference team that got thrown in on the East for this one in order to make it even for the groups. Um, but normally, Nashville is a Western Conference team. So Orlando and whoever else gets to play Nashville in the East is going to have an advantage because they're going to play the easy expansion team because I think everyone is pretty much uh, in agreement that Nashville is one of the worst teams in the league. Um People aren't quite as certain about where Inter Miami will fall, but pretty clearly Nashville is one of the worst, and you know FC Cincinnati. Sorry, Reed is is uh, near I, there. This what it is. We got we, you know, we got to reboot Chicago as well. So yeah, I mean, yeah. You, who knows what Chicago is going to be? So it, it's it's going to be weird to see how MLS then adapts the regular season. And another weird thing about this tournament is that the tournament is for a CCL spot that is not the U.S. Open Cup are the Canadian Championship, i.e. the Voyager's Cup, which makes it sound like they're actually still planning on having those tournaments, which I'm like, I have no idea how on well, <laughs> having this We'll see how that happens. On that, then another tournament. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this is really just a stand-in until they get the official cancellation and they're waiting for their federations to... But that, see, that comes, that's, a, that's a huge risk because U.S. Open Cup is given one seed one of the or one ccl berth from u.s soccer um if that tournament doesn't happen u.s soccer would have to give have to give that berth over to mls to then distribute so if you're planning this ahead of time before that's happened 
you're now messing with the structure on the whole thing. See, MLS only gets three bursts a year. Now, they've always get four teams in, but that U.S. Open Cup is its own entity, and it's its own birth given out by U.S. soccer. So my thing is, are they going to replace the Supporters' Shield or just not have it this year? Say U.S. Open Cup happens, and, this, and they give a birth off of this tournament. Are they not going to give the Supporters' Shield one, or are they not going to give the um, one conference finalist that doesn't win MLS Cup, like, uh, who's gonna, we'll see. Who's I, I I would assume that it would it would probably be a supporter shield berth just because there's been so much uh, just disruption with within all of the leagues here. But let's not get down too much of a rabbit hole. Let's start talking about the groups and which teams we think have a chance to go in. And as we start with each groups, uh, I've already given my little rant about Group E. I'll let you guys rant about your groups as well. Starting with you, Mike. Feel free to give your rant about Group A and your thoughts about which two teams you think will a- advance and who is a candidate for third that might also advance. Okay, so group A is the group that hurts your head. Um, this is the group that's six, and MLS didn't make any kind of rule change just to make it special for group A. They just treated it like normal. Now, that wouldn't be that big of a deal if there were like six games or and you played everyone, but group A, there's, everyone only plays three games. So New York City gets to play Philadelphia, Chicago, and Orlando. We don't get to play Nashville. You don't get to play expansion Miami. Does that make a lick of sense? No. I mean, like, I, I don't understand how this structure was approved. I, like, this is just mind-numbing. Like, I think if, I think the only fair thing to have done would have been to say the third team out of Group A automatically goes and the fourth mm-hmm. team out of Group A is linked in with the other third-place team. I think that would have made a lot more sense. Would have been made a lot more interesting, but whatever. Uh it's just poorly designed. And I understand you have a weird number of teams. MLS has a difficult thing. This should have been more thought out. Um, Even if you had, I would have almost preferred it if you had two groups of three instead of one group of six and just had them play less games. I don't know. Hmm. It just seems like they're a lot of better, at least as far as a tournament goes. But the main bottom line is that this is mostly just to play some regular season games and try to get some TV money. Or even um, split up some of these teams, like split up Nashville and, and Inter-Miami, or even if Cincinnati, if you think those are your two bottom teams, and have two groups of five so that maybe they aren't as beat on. But, sorry, no, go ahead, no. go ahead, Group A, Group A. Um, all right, so Group A, I mean, I think, you know, who knows who actually will show up. Um, I think clearly on paper New York City should advance. Obviously it's three. This is There's something weird going to happen in this group because – not all the teams play each other you know if you get one bad result you can get in real big trouble in this group um but i mean i think the favorites are new york city and philadelphia union um philly was a pretty tough uh, opponent last time i think they should be better um i don't see much out of nashville i think they're one of the worst teams in the league uh and this isn't as important to them um new york city lost their first two games in the regular season so they absolutely need to take this group stage seriously uh, because if they have a bad showing, they they could be putting themselves in, in deep trouble uh, for playoff bursts. Um, I think your other team, uh, the third place team to look out for, uh, is or is Orlando. Orlando does have a favorable draw. Uh, next after that is Inter Miami. Um, with the talent they have, it's just a matter of whether or not they can coalesce. We'll see how this um, off season um, with the shutdown will affect teams. 
Uh, one of the things that's kind of interesting in this group is that most of the teams have new coaches. Um, I think Philadelphia Union is the only one who has their coach from last season. Uh, now New York City has most of the same players, but you know, new coach always have their own little uh, nuances that they're trying to put in. So, I mean, I think the favorites clearly are New York City and Philadelphia Union with uh, one of the Florida teams advancing. But, um, yeah, th- this is going to be a group where, you know, if, if Chicago can get, like, a draw and a win, all of a sudden they're going to be in the conversation. I'm just going to see, see how it develops. It's th- This is going to be a group where something weird is going to happen. But just looking at it on paper, that's the best I can do. So I want to jump in here because it's really weird how they drew these games. It's like they broke the group in half of three and three, and you play everybody in the other half of the three. So Orlando, um, Philly, and Chicago all play Miami, New York City, and Nashville. Like they all three play the same games. So you've got like a three A and or or an A one and an A two in this thing. Um, I don't know this group. It, I'm curious how Miami's going to do. If Miami's as good as they were advertised to be, and can gel. Or with everybody else coming off, like your number one and number two are New York City and Miami because they play Orlando, Philly, and Chicago. And Orlando and Chicago are the weak teams. You get two weak games. And that's if Miami is good. Um, Orlando and Philly both have to play Miami, New York City, and Nashville. Good Miami team, good New York City team, who we should all kind of consider to be the favorite coming out of this. Um, you get one one slough off game with Nashville, but the Miami game is going to be a tough one. If Miami's good, like, this is just this is such a weird group that I don't think it favors anybody but New York City because yeah, and I'm Miami's a team to watch in here. If they come out firing, it's going to be bad news for other teams. It's probably Philadelphia Union, who I think got screwed more than anybody in the entire draw because they finished third in the Eastern Conference last year and got passed over for a seed because Orlando got the host. So I see this a little bit different. Uh, I think New York City will, will make it through. I think that's it. But I think that uh, even though Philly had a rough start to the season, uh, a loss to Dallas, and a, a 3-3 draw uh, against LAFC, so they've, they've put up some goals in that game, I think Philly has one of the, the easier looks through here. Uh, playing Miami, playing Nashville, those two expansion teams. Miami, people are still wondering what they have. But uh, but I think Philly's got a good shot at, at being one of the top two teams. I think New York has a great shot of being one of the top two teams. As Mike obviously knows, New York put a lot of stock in the Champions League at the beginning of this season. So they had a lot of rotation in MLS in favor of doing well in Champions League. That's not a thing anymore. So I think New York will be able to take advantage of its depth and, and really put out some quality soccer, some quality players. And uh, even though that is uh, one of the, the hardest lineups I mean, it's the same lineup that Miami has uh, but uh, Orlando Philly Chicago are teams that and uh, Nashville has it too are are the MLS established team so that's that's the hardest match anybody could have I think New York will be able to take that I think New York is maybe going to be on that bubble though for for number three I, I could see Philly taking the number one spot here and then I could see maybe Maybe Miami or Chicago pushing for that too, just depending on how they're lined up. I mean, Chicago has that advantage of a Miami and a Nashville as well, so they might be able to do something and get a two. And just because of the way these, you're right, Blaine, how the three games only are impacting us, um, I, I think that's going to leave 
New York maybe on the bubble of trying to be the third place team just because they have a harder run. If if New York just comes out gangbang and and Philly is struggling, I think they're going to be in that third place. But one of those teams, I think we're looking at at uh, Philly and New York being debatably the number one team coming out of here and if they're not number one they're probably going to be number three just because the way the games are lined up with chicago and miami that, that philly that new york spot. city game is going to be the big decider yeah the oh for sure at the stage absolutely for sure i mean if they draw in that game then then i could easily see them being having the same record coming in maybe maybe two and one coming in there two wins and a draw and them being one and two. I think that could work too. But you're absolutely right, Mike. That that Philly-New York game will likely decide who comes out number one. It'll also kind of depend. It'll be interesting to see how Nashville plays. I mean, because if Nashville just gets blown out, that can make a big difference in goal differential. Which I'm assuming is going to be a tiebreaker that's going to be relevant. Right. All right, let's move on to uh, Group B. So it sounds like we're pretty... Pretty much in agreement that New York is likely going to make this through. New York, Philly, and would you guys say maybe Miami or Chicago would likely be a number three? Are we just counting off Orlando? I don't, I, I don't think Chicago. I, I actually okay. think or, Orlando would Orlando, have a chance because okay. I think Orlando has a decent uh, draw. Because okay. Orlando is Miami, Nashville, and New York City. Orlando is, is Miami, New York City, Nashville. So, yeah, they, they've yeah, got a good so, shot. So, I mean, two expansion teams and then New York City, they, they always play them well in Florida. So... Um, I could go with that with know, with Chicago's rebuild. Yeah, I could go with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, I mean that for Orlando, I think you can go in that expecting we can get the wins against the expansion team mm-hmm. and then get a draw yeah. against New York City, and th- that'll probably be good, good enough to advance. Yeah, yeah. Reed, I think mine is uh, New York, Philly, Orlando, with Miami being a wild card that could slide okay. in anywhere from two to four, depending on how they play. Like the other teams, I think I would go New York, Philly and then Orlando, but I would put Miami probably at that two or three spot. So Philly gets in over Orlando, and Orlando's going to be the team out. I'd say Miami's going to be better than them just by what I've seen on, seen from them so far. And on paper, I think they've got the more cohesive team. Yeah. And as a reminder for everyone listening, uh, Miami started the season against LAFC at LAFC, and they only lost 1-0, so that was great for them. And then they had to go all the way to uh, DC United, and they only lost 2-1 there as well, so put up some good showings in the first two matches. That's why we're still some question marks on on Miami. Uh, moving on to Group B. None of us have a dog in this fight. This is Seattle Sounders, FC Dallas, Vancouver Whitecaps, and San Jose Earthquakes. Blaine. Yeah, um, this is an interesting group. Uh, Vancouver can always beat Seattle when they play them. That's kind of one of those bitter rivalry games that they play up to. Um, I think this is going to be kind of a – uh, somewhat of a wide open group. I think Seattle's got to be your obvious favorite being the seeded team and coming in here and just not knowing what these other teams are going to do. Uh, San Jose has been playing that man marking system a little bit. If they bring that out coming off of like a preseason type, that may do wonders for them. Um, I still don't trust Vancouver very much. I would probably put them as the worst team in this group, but again, they can still do some damage. Uh, they've got some quality players there. Um, if Dallas picks up kind of where they were at last year, Dallas should be your number two team, if you ask me. Um, so I'd, I'd go Seattle, Dallas, San Jose, and Vancouver, just based on what we know. I do not think a third-place team is going to come out of this group. Um, whichever team, whichever second team, which I'm I'm banking on Dallas, I think this is going to be one of those where they pick up some significant wins and the third-place team just – 
they may get a win against the fourth place team or two wins against the fourth place team, but that's about all they're going to get from this group. Um, I don't see this one being heavy on draws or anything where one of these third place teams is going to jump up. Uh, I think the dog wants out. No, we're working on it. She's being a jerk right now. <laughs> uh, so I'll jump in and let you wrap this one up, Mike. I, I agree. I think uh, Seattle and Dallas are going to be the one and two. In, in this bracket i think it comes down to seattle how does their their how do their veterans and how does ladero perform and i think ladero will come back and and, and do well uh, so i think they had that history to, to deal with this kind of schedule uh, i think dallas has some quality um uh, they are going without gonzalez as their keeper right now to see how that uh, domestic violence charge ends up so we'll see what happens with with their defensive unit uh, but i think dallas has a lot of skill that they'll be able to fall back on uh, and that will help them. And I think Vancouver will get will get third. And the reason I think that is San Jose plays this this man marking system, and I don't know if that will will serve them very well in this kind of World Cup esque style little rest tournament. That that seems like they're going to be asking a lot out of their players over a short period of time, and that could be just frankly exhausting. Um, so, so I'm not sure, but that that's why I think San Jose will likely be third or be fourth in this. And I think, if, if I'm remembering correctly, weren't they one of the last teams to even come back to any kind of organized team training? Yes. So I, I think there's a team that seems to rely on fitness as a key element to their strategy. A lot of hope that players were able to keep that fitness up on their own, which may have happened. They're professionals. May have happened. But I know I have not kept up with my exercise regiment over these two months as I had hoped for while working from home. So we shall see. We shall see. Mike, anything different about Group B? No, I think the, the only thing is I'm probably a little bit more um, bullish on San Jose's chances than you are. Um, and it's really just to, it's to the man marking just because that tends to throw such a wrench. Mm -hmm. If San Jose can get the requisite energy out of their teams, I think they could throw some teams for a loop and maybe get some points. What concerns me about San Jose is looking at last season, it took them a while to get into it and really mm -hmm. get into that yeah. system. And when they got it, they surprised people and then it tailed off as their energy kind of was depleted and teams have kind of seen it once and twice before. So I'm going to be really interested to see if they can succeed because that kind of like weird style should really work in this kind of tournament because teams don't have a whole lot of time to practice or change their and really evaluate that. Now maybe the coaches can really, you know, over this next month prepare the, the teams for it and, and be able to handle it. But it's just kind of a weird wrinkle that I think gives them a shot at getting to third. Um, but, but I do agree with, I, I think Blaine said this, um, that this doesn't this seems like one of the easy teams that doesn't get a third place team in the next round all right let's move on to group c also none of us have a dog in this fight either toronto new england montreal and dc united mike what do you think of this one um so this is where this is an interesting group um obviously you have the canadian classic uh with montreal and toronto um, I mean, I think the Toronto is the clear favorites, um, Eastern Conference champions uh, in the playoffs. And you know, with how, how much success they've had in knockout tournaments, um, both in MLS playoffs and in the Canadian championships. Um, I think they're, they're the number one seed. 
Um, the next part is really, by talent alone, it should be the New England Revolution. Montreal Impact doesn't have Yachty anymore. DC United doesn't have Rooney. They haven't really replaced him. You can tell both of those teams, well, I don't know about what Montreal is thinking, but DC United was probably looking for a summer replacement, which they probably won't get. Uh, but to me, the real curveball here is Thierry Henry. Uh, Montreal did look pretty good or a lot better than we expected uh, the first few games in the season, both in CCL and in MLS with Thierry Henry's coaching. So can Thierry Henry kind of pull some magic, some rabbits out of the hat and get them to second? I don't know, but I think you could probably get them into the third place conversation. Um, so that's kind of the real interesting wild card, but I think the favorites are the Revs and TFC. Can Thierry Henry pull a rabbit out of the hat? Will they get second? Or will Mario Balotelli come in and save them all? Oh, yes. Stay tuned for the God, MLS is back. Balotelli. Do it. <laughs> Sign and him more today. Voiceovers. If you think that MLS Fantasy Insider needs 100% more voiceovers at random times, at me on Twitter. That that was fun. Um, I'll bridge it again and let you wrap it up, Blaine. Uh, so, no, I, I agree. I think Toronto is the clear favorite here. Uh, so much is going on for them. Uh, they can draw on some of that that raw power. Pozuelo is going to be a huge force, I think, for for them. Uh, I, and I agree that I think New England has the best uh, talent on paper. I'm really interested in, in that game because Montreal beat New England 2-1. And we were just saying New England has all this skill. So I think that's going to be a fun rematch. Some of these rematches, like in Group E, are just annoying. But I think that will be a fun rematch because of everything you were saying, Mike, and what's at stake for this. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it'll it'll come down to what happens in that Montreal-New England game uh, because I think Toronto is going to run away with a lot of this. And I think... Oh, DC is a bit of the wild card with what's going on here. They, they did beat Miami, but I mean, we're hoping people, most people should beat Miami, but it's only two, one. So there was definitely some worry about DC here. I think, I think number three is going to be a toss up between Montreal and, and DC United. So that's, that's going to be a tough one. So I think Toronto and new England will make it out of group C and that the likely third place team will be Montreal. I think DC is going to fall out. Blaine, take us oh. home. See, I'm going to be the differing opinion here. Um, hands down, New England's your favorite in this group. Um, I look at the rosters top to bottom, and I go, I like I like New England's rotation a lot better. Um, Bunbury and Pania can switch out. You've got Bo and Carlos Heel, um, two really good guys there. I think they can carry it, but um, it comes down to the manager. Um, Bruce Arena has been a World Cup manager. He's Fair. played the group games he knows how to manage his team he knows how to carry this greg vanny is not um and vanny's also dealing with an older squad overall um you've got you've got some older guys this is going to be one of those compact schedules where you're going to be playing a lot more games in a shorter time and you're coming on in on preseason style of play um i just i do not trust um toronto's roster to be able to play I mean, I think this isn't this going to be a six-game set for each team. They're going to play. They're going to play a double with each. So you're going to play. No, they're playing three games. Three games. They're all they're all playing three games. three games. And and I think that this is an advantage for the older players because people like Josie, people like Bradley, all these guys know how to pace their bodies over a World Cup style tournament 
like this. And so I think that's going to be an advantage for them. Uh, Does they... Josie really know how to pace his And see, I, I don't. He's <laughs> seen people do it. He's and, and, seen people do he's it. He's seen people do it. I don't know if he's done it. And, and again, this is, this, is coming in, give you. this is coming in with that preseason mentality. Older guys are more likely to pick up one of those non-contact muscle injuries at times if they're not in full fitness. You've got everybody coming into full fitness. I just, I don't trust the Toronto roster top to bottom here okay. because of some age. And then I think Arena knows how to coach, how to coach into this style. So I'm going to give my nod to New England here. I think Toronto's your clear number two. Um, DC's my dark horse in here. I could, they could finish anywhere. I think from number two down to fourth place. Um, it really depends on how well they gel and who, what happens here. Um, I feel bad for saying it, but I just I don't know that Montreal's got enough firepower to get through this group. This is a pretty tough group to play in, and I don't I don't know that they will will get there. But I could see it going New England, Toronto, and DC being one of your third place teams that does make it into the knockout rounds. All right, I, I just feel like I have to say something. The last time Bob Bradley coached a group stage um, was when the United States lost to Trinidad. I don't know if I'm going to say that Bob Bradley is a genius. Bruce Arena, Arena, whatever. They had the interview this weekend. I'm mixing it up. But Bruce Arena is, I don't know if I would say he's a master of the group stage. (laughs) Uh, In fact, I'm pretty sure most of the time the U.S. underperformed in its group stages while he was a coach. So um, Greg Vanny is a brilliant coach in his own right. He's had a lot of success in knockout tournaments, even though Mm -hmm. the group stage is different. This isn't particularly challenging. You know, you, you just play three games and try to win as many of them as you can. Um, Greg Vanny is quite capable of doing that in various playoff formats. So um, I, I don't think that's a disadvantage for TFC. So I'm going to give Blaine one point for bringing up Bruce Arena, which is a great point to mention to have a quick little conversation there about coaches. And then I'm going to give him 10 points for correctly pronouncing Carla's heel after being off for two months and not saying that name. So kudos, kudos and congrats. There it is. Moving on to group D, Blaine's group. Uh, Start us off, Blaine, with whatever rant you want to give and then give us your thoughts. No, I want commiseration. Uh, Felipe Gutierrez went uh, is out for the season with the knee surgery. Mm, that is ha- awful. He had a na- nagging injury, didn't play in preseason, and it just got announced last week or the week before. Um, there was a delay due to coronavirus. Um, he was not able to get an elective surgery mm. in because of all those, so they delayed it a little bit, but they've officially announced out for the season. So, um sucks but uh Gotti Kinda has been fantastic in the two starts that we've seen him in and we really don't have a true number 10 on this team we didn't um so that means Busio may get a lot more playing time uh which is never a bad thing to see young U.S. players get playing time and it sucks that it has to be one of our veteran midfielders that goes out but I'm looking forward to seeing Busio play so uh, it's more it's more that um no uh this group um I hate this group I I think you have a legitimate argument for this being also one of the hardest groups. Yeah. um, Nicest rivalry in sports met with the most brutal rivalry in, in soccer right now, like, or what has been like, I don't know what to make of this. Uh, Colorado can play physical. Colorado's not an easy team this year. I've been a little worried about them. Like this one's wide open. I know sporting started the season really, really strong 
um, which makes me want to put them up there. I do believe Minnesota and Sporting are going to get out of this one. I think in this scenario, defense is going to be what wins you games a little bit more. And so I can see both of these two teams riding that defense out. They've got some playmakers going forward. But if they don't concede many goals throughout the group stage, they're definitely going to get out of the knockout round okay. And so that's kind of my pick. Um, Positioning is either way. I will not call this one. Um, I think Minnesota's probably got a little bit better roster top to bottom, but what I've seen from Kansas City going forward just in the two games we saw is Dynamite. Gotti Kinda is fantastic. One of those names to keep keep an eye on when the fantasy season comes back, especially since Gutierrez is out. You know he's going to be one of the key starters coming in. But really, this is one of those groups that I don't know if a third-place team would get in there, but I could see there being a handful of draws. I mean, I could see half the games in this group going to a draw because these teams are just that well-balanced. This is a this is a rough one. I know RSL's played some defense first. Colorado's kind of that wild card. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, so I'm given the other groups, um, I want to say a third-place team will get out of here. I think a third-place team should get out of this group. But given the way these teams match up, I don't know that they're going to put the points up to get out of this group. No, I see that. When we look at it, four, only two third-place teams are not going to get out of it. So you've kind of got to look at where those go. And I think this this one's going to come down to it. A third-place team should get out of here. But if a couple of games in other groups go the way they way they want, Vancouver, if Seattle's is Seattle or Vancouver is as bad as we expect, or in the next group, if the third place team in your group read is doesn't show well against the two top teams, that would be good. But if they start, if a couple of these teams start stealing points, the third place team here is going to really struggle to get out of the group. Uh, I agree. I think also Group D is going to have three teams make out of it. There are four teams right now in MLS who have a record of two and zero, and three of those teams are in Group D, which is the biggest argument that you can have for why this is one of if not the most difficult group to have here uh that being said i think those three teams are the ones that are going to advance so i think sporting kansas city is going to make out as number one i think they're going to go very far in this tournament i like the way they've they've looked i think minnesota is going to be number two coming out of here uh they had a a fairly difficult opening round Uh, they they at least played within their their conference they started out with Portland won 3-1 on the road. Then they uh, went to San Jose and won 2-5, a smashdown, a complete destruction of San Jose on the road there. So I think there's a lot of great stuff going on in Minnesota, and that, that will make sporting Kansas City and Minnesota 1-2. and two. I think Colorado will take the number three spot. Uh, they did beat D.C. in their... Uh, in their opener and then they went over and and beat orlando so not the most difficult in both out of conference games right there but i I still did like what i saw with colorado uh, especially compared to real salt lake which is just kind of struggling a little bit so i i think that's the easy one two three right right there and those three teams will will make it out final thoughts mike um so i think this is one of the groups where you can kind of see any one of these teams being the one seed um, kind of depending on how it works. This is probably sure. the most even group um, out there. Um, the way I see it, I've, I've got Minnesota as the one seed. Um, I think they were the most consistent looking at, at last year. 
Um, number two, I have Colorado. Uh, a lot of young players, um, Blaine did talk about earlier about concerns with the veterans and, and whether how their bodies, that's not going to be an issue for Chicago, I mean for Colorado. Um, they're really hungry to prove themselves. They're going to be trying to get into the playoff spots. Um, so I think they'll be really motivated. So I, I think they will be able to get to number two. Um, Sporty Kansas City, you know, it's still an older team. Um, I'm just not impressed with their talent overall, so I don't think that they're going to be able to make it. Um, RSL, we kind of talked about their struggles. Uh, they just don't seem to have the talent, I think, to, to match up. So uh, I really think Colorado in, in a short term like this can can surprise people and, and get to number two. Um, I don't think the third group, the third place team out of this group makes it out. You have to pick two groups where the third place team doesn't make it out. And I, I can see a lot of draws and low scoring games out of this group. Um, and I can really see whoever's the third place team just struggle to have enough points. Like I, I can see them easily having two points and just not being able to make it because everyone else has got at least one win. Okay. Okay. I got to I got to ask, like, you don't see a lot of talent here with sporting. You don't like what you see. Um, did you watch the games? I mean, 7-1 outscored their opponents so far. Uh, Pulido and Kinda both have goals, two goals already on the season. Like, those are two guys that came in off of preseason, immediately made an impact. Um, I, I get where you're coming from. Like, I could see them getting tripped up. Like, I'm not deny- I'm, I'm not trying to challenge your, your positioning. Just uh, did you see the way these guys played and how much they scored – Yes, it was against uh, Vancouver on the road and then Houston at home, which are teams we have question marks on. But, I mean, the two new guys immediately came in, and, I mean, we've got two goals from the new guys already, and I'm thinking there's a couple of assists in there as well. Uh, at least one. Keen just got an assist and two goals, and Polito's got two goals already. And an assist, yeah. They've each got an assist, so, I mean – that's pretty big so far, just from the new guys. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be. I just group. don't put much stock in week one wins against Vancouver. That's fair. No, that's fair. <laughs> Very fair. Uh, moving on to Group E, you've already heard my rant about Group E. Uh, the quick summary is Cincinnati's already played two of their three games, the first two games of the season. Uh, Columbus is just sort of a generic third place game right there. So for me, as a Cincinnati fan, it's just like, ugh. I would have rather had a bracket that had Nashville and Chicago in it, uh, <laughs> just because that would have been more fun at least. So, but coming out of here, uh, Atlanta is still definitely going to be struggling not having Joseph Martinez, I think, with this. So I think that Columbus has an excellent shot at coming out as uh, the top seed, uh, even though they were just one win and one draw. They drew one and one against Seattle. They beat New York City FC, which is having some rotations. Uh, so maybe not the hardest of starters for Columbus. Uh, they had some great chemistry in preseason, though. So Columbus is looking really sharp. I could see Columbus being a number one seed here. And I think New York Red Bulls are going to be number two. I, th I think it's going to be Atlanta, which is a number three spot. And that's just because they don't have Joseph. And we'll, there's just so many question marks right there. And I think the Red Bulls will be able to pull it together some as well. Cincinnati won't make it out. Uh, that's just that's just the way it is. We've got a lot of new players. We've got a brand new coach. Uh, and a, a very tough bracket, I think. And it's um, not going to be pretty for the boys right there. Mike. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, the, the real question for, for this group for me is how Atlanta manages to fare without Joseph Martinez. Um, you know, he's out for the season. 
uh, recovering from his ACL injury. Um, obviously, I think they're still one of the most talented teams in this group, but I think it may knock them from being first to second, or maybe even third. Um, Columbus crew, uh, I'll, I'll let Blaine talk about Jossie Zardes. And, Fair. you know, we, we know the New York Red Bulls are a young team, generally energetic, probably have one of the best programs. I, I can see them really coming out of this hot um, and having the best kind of um, program during the shutdown of, of most MLS teams. Obviously, New York is probably – they're one of the later teams to get back to, to full training, but I, I still think that the New York Rebels can probably keep them. But the rest of Atlanta's talent is probably too much to prevent them from falling out completely, so I see them as number two with crew as number three. Um, I do think the third team is going to get out of here, mostly just because of you, you playing FC Cincinnati, that, that you're going to get a three-point um, and a win and probably a decent boost to your goal differential, and then you just need to grab a point somewhere else to, to kind of elevate you in, into the conversation. So. Um, this is going to be a lot of really good games out of this group. Uh, I'm looking. This is one of the groups I'm really looking forward to. Rough. Yeah, Blaine, I'm with wraps Mike. Up. I think this is going to be a great group to watch. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. But I agree with you, Reed. I think it's actually going to be Columbus, Red Bull, and then Atlanta. Um, I was I was talking about it with the Kansas City group. Um, I think defense is really going to play a huge factor in this type of tournament, and I really like the Columbus defense defense this year they added worm gore that's a huge addition to uh an already pretty solid group um i don't need to rant about jossie's artist too much um just you added fernando adi to this roster you've got zardes you've got diaz you've got pedro santos you've got some good playmakers you've got a really well-rounded group that has played together some i know adi's a new guy but adi's a guy that doesn't need a lot of chemistry to go in and make stuff happen, he's gonna he can play and do that. But Zardes is still the guy up top. I don't know how much of the field Adi's gonna see right now. Um, but this is a group that's played played enough together. I think they're gonna come in with some chemistry. Um, and then I give uh, Red Bull the edge over Atlanta because I mean it's still Parker and Long. Um, Robles is gone, but Mira played has played well with the team when he has gotten to play. Uh, this is a good uh, a good core for Red Bulls. I know we, we always suffer in fantasy because of scoring by committee or never knowing what the rotation is going to be. Moyle and um, Etienne Jr., I guess, in there. We, you've got too many midfielders in this team um, that can uh, – Velo should be back from injury this year. You've got you just got a wealth of options there, and that actually plays well. I mean, Royer and Kaku, uh, Tchaikovsky, um, that's just – You've got too many good midfield players here. Um, Red Bulls are going to be a pretty cohesive team coming into this. And then my question mark is, where does Atlanta find their goals? I mean, are you looking at Adam John? Are you looking at somebody else? Uh, the injury to Martinez was really unprecedented, and they didn't have – I don't see a good backup plan for that. Um, Pity was not the fantasy standout that we wanted last year that we had hoped for. Um, I, I don't know if – if the rest of the young guys around him, if they can make something work, if Atlanta can find their goals, I think their defense can carry them through. But I just, I don't see where Atlanta is going to get their goals against a defense like Columbus and the Red Bulls have. So I put them in the third place 
spot. And I'm not sure if they make it out of the group, depending on how they play. I think they're going to have to get a result against either Columbus or Red Bull to be a third-place team that advances. And I'm not sure they can score enough goals on these two teams. We'll see. That would make me a happy person. Let's wrap everything up with Group F, Blaine. Yeah. Oh, they had to give us El Trafico. I mean, of course. It, just, it, had, it had to happen. Um, Did y'all see the LAFC fan? It was like, no, it's not El Trafico. It's the LA Derby or something. It, it deserves a better name than that to uh, poor Susanna Collins. Oh. She's like, oh, are you looking forward to El Trafico? It's not El Trafico. She did a, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is one of those groups. Um, I think LAFC is going to get out of here. Um, I don't think they're going to get tripped up. I think they'll get they'll win all three games. After that, it's a feeding frenzy. I'm LA, the Galaxy on paper probably have the second best team, but I'm not sure if they're going to get it. Um, Houston will play up for one of these games and throw fits for somebody. I could see them giving fits for the Galaxy just the way those two teams match up. I'm actually, as much as I hate to say it, I'm going to say Portland's going to get the number two spot with the uh, Galaxy being the number three and probably a number three seed that can advance. I think there's going to be a couple of draws in here. I think Galaxy will get on, get hit that four point mark and be able to get out of this group. But yeah, I think Portland's just going to come in and get that number two spot. Valeri and Blanco together is just a solid force. And hopefully with all the downtime in the offseason and everything, Portland's found a way to fix their defense up a little bit. And those guys are playing a little bit better. I mean, they can't be as bad as they were last year. I'm two-thirds with you, Blaine, right there. I think LAFC is going to easily come out number one in this group. Uh, and I think Portland is going to be a fairly solid number two as well. Uh, it's, all, it's all going to come down to LA Galaxy and Houston Dynamo. And I'm not sure if LA Galaxy is going to be able to make it. They already drew 1-1 against Houston at the beginning of this season. So that could bolster Houston's uh, just their their spirits when they play against LA Galaxy. So I would not be surprised if LA Galaxy get knocked out in the group stage and finish fourth. Or if they yeah, become my, a third place team that doesn't make it. Yeah, my, my interest my interest here is whether or not Chicharito really cares about this tournament. Um, Chicharito <laughs> did not have a great um, debut to MLS. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what motivation he has um, for, for this. Uh, I, I think LA Galaxy might be able to make it, but I, I see them losing. I don't know which order of, of the games they have. I can see them losing against LA, FC, and Portland. And then needing to win against Houston and needing to get some good big goal differential, I'm just not sure that's enough. But I think if if you can get a win, I think you're probably in good shape to try to get um, a, a third place seat. So I can see them making it. Um, I've already told you which two team, which two groups I don't think will have a third place team. So I do th see LA Galaxy being the third place team and, and making it out. But if Chicharito comes in flat and they just get decked by LAFC, they could be in real trouble. I think the El Trafico game is going to be the second game in this bracket. Because uh, I think if you make it first, then that just starts out with too much and doesn't give the enough fans something to look forward to to maybe keep their interest for the first week of, of the games or so. Uh, and if you make it last, if either of these teams is already, well, if LA Galaxy is already out of it, by the time it comes down to this last game, it, it may be hard to to get viewers again. But I think if you put this game second, 
no matter what happens, if one team's won one and one team's lost one, that's going to make this game all the more oh. important uh, for that, for watching. That would be some that would be some scheduling shenanigans because in any really in any group stage format, team one plays team two for the first game of the group. That's just like they would be reorganizing the games to fit TV ratings, which I wouldn't put it past MLS. But that would be some shenanigans. Um, El Trafico should be the first game of the group, according to how everybody sets up one of these group stage ga- uh, schedules. El Trafico is going to find a way to be in the middle of the tournament on a prime time weekend. <laughs> yeah. At, um, w- whatever that means, it has to be. Yeah. It'll be. <laughs> like, it, it be um, we were talking, since we're kind of through the groups, I was going to say, uh, go back to group A. I was just looking at this, and we were talking about all this. Um, four points, solid number for a third-place team to get out, you think? Four points with the tiebreaker? Yeah, four, four, four points will get you in the conversation for sure. So that's where it comes into group A. I think, the group, I think group A is going to get a third-place team out of here for sure um, because if it goes really well, if it goes really bad, you could have, let's say New York City sweeps is our favorite. They get the full nine points. Um, Philly beats Miami and Nashville. Uh, Miami beats Orlando and Chicago. You've got two, you've got a second and third place team, both on six points. Um, you cannot, I don't think it's possible to have a nine, a six and a six in a regular group in a three game set. Um, if one, if a, if two teams, if I mean, if you get a third place team with six points in Group A, they are getting out of this tournament or getting out of the knockouts or to the knockout round for sure. And it is a definite possibility that the third place team will get six points in Group A and get out. So that may be the saving grace for being in a six team group. You get that six points because you're playing, it's an unbalanced schedule and all that. And you could have a group in either side neither one of the halves get that six point mark and that's going to be enough to get you out of there no matter what happens you even if you're third place six points will get you out of here and i definitely see two two teams ending on six points or three teams ending on six points or better all right well all the fun starts on july 8th so that's in uh just just a little over two weeks uh, so I hope this discussion has helped people when they start thinking about their teams. We don't know when the bracket is going to actually open up, but uh, head over to the MLS Bracket Challenge website uh, to go ahead and sign up for the email notifications for when you can uh, set your bracket. And then uh, we would likely won't come back and touch on this topic again. This was just a little fun episode since MLS is back. Uh, next week, we will continue with wrapping up our best MLS Fantasy 11 of all time for the 3.0 Fantasy era. And then after that, uh, we'll see what what people want. If we have information from from James Ballo, we'll have an episode that that touches on the return of Fantasy or what we're definitely going to be seeing. Uh, We may not have that, uh, but we'll see. Uh, We may just put out some fun episodes as well, do some Star Wars episodes or do do some board game episodes just uh, to keep some content out there for you all. Uh, For real, I know we get a couple hundred people who listen to this usually during the week let me know what you want to hear because we want to put out content that people want Uh, if you want to take a week off let me know we we just want to know what uh, content you're interested in especially our patreon supporters let us know what you'd like to hear and we and we'll do that because uh, this is just for some fun until we have more solid 
information about fantasy. Uh, so that's all that we have. Uh, final closing comments tonight, Blaine? No, I'm glad MLS is coming back. Mike? I am so ready to actually watch some sports. Like, I've been watching, trying to watch NASCAR when I can because I'm like, I need something. <laughs> Rocket League. Go in there. Find out some of those esports. <laughs> I'm too joking. old for the esports. That's, that's the generation behind me. I have been watching broadcasts of people playing the Star Wars CCG card game back from from the 90s and early 2000s. So that's mm. which is still being played. Uh, that's what I've been watching. Nice. Uh, yes, no, uh, again, if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, please update your information so we can get that uh, ready to go before swag starts going out. And you can be, be sure you're entered in to get those prizes. Uh, and uh, let me know what people want to hear. MLS tournament starts back on July 8th and... Uh, Fingers crossed that, that people stay healthy and, and everything works out from there because that's definitely what we want. We want more sports, we want more soccer, and we want the players to be in a safe and fair environment where, where they can get uh, just the entertainment brought to us. So um, keep an eye out for how we can watch this with hope it will be streaming on ESPN+. And good luck. <laughs>